0: This is the WorkSmart Hypnosis podcast session number 112, Real Client Stories. Welcome to the WorkSmart Hypnosis podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey there, it's Jason Lynette here with a rather interesting style of podcast session to share with you here this week. And it's actually one that's been requested several times and the timing is just right. We're gonna jump in and do this here today. Real client stories. It's gonna be a time where I don't really have any notes going into this, what I'm gonna be doing is of course changing the names as is appropriate to do given the confidentiality of working with clients. Yet uh, what I'm going to do over the next uh, perhaps half hour, 45 minutes or so, is to spend some time and really go through some recent client stories. People, real paying clients who have come into my office and done work with me and some of the successes, even some of the setbacks and some of the learning lessons and strategies that have come out of it. Uh, To set the stage, I am right now recording. It is uh, Monday, May 15th, and uh, I'm here out in Las Vegas right now just prior to the Terry Stokes Better Your Best Training uh, spending time with Katherine Hicklin before jumping into the actual uh, cocktail party tonight and the training with Terry tomorrow. So a nice laid-back environment, and uh, I've got some great stories to be sharing with you inside of this. You know, it's all about getting in and really getting that perspective of what it's like to actually do the work. You know, so often we find this experience that uh, there are folks who unfortunately would move immediately from training into training that they've learned how to do it and they jump right in to then teaching others and this is the entire branding the entire model of what i really consider to be a hypnotic worker it's all about really getting out there and doing the work so you're going to hear some great stories so with that i say we jump right in this is the work smart hypnosis podcast session number 112 real client stories All right, and away we go. And again, let me set the stage for you. I'm here in the guest bedroom, and I've got my laptop opened up. I've got my Microsoft Outlook opened up, and I am really looking at the schedule in terms of recent clients. And of course, once again, for confidentiality purposes, I will only change a few appropriate details inside of this, um, but in many ways, walking you through the journey of some of the recent clients that I've worked with. So with that in mind, let me start off with a gentleman who I'm going to refer to as William. And William was a guy who was diabetic, and he did his own research. And William, as he put it, as he called me up, he goes, I'm looking for weight loss changes, but I don't necessarily need to lose weight. And if that's not the uh, enough to pique your curiosity, as it was mine, I don't know what will. So he calls me up. And the situation is this, he's diabetic. And of course, as he is uh, monitoring his eating, he's been finding he's developed a little bit of a sweet tooth in recent months. And that's posed a bit of a challenge it's kind of an all-or-nothing type thing for him in recent months so there would be moments where he would eat way too much of the sweet stuff and again keep in mind for this story weight loss wasn't necessarily his goal yet his logic was if, if a hypnotist can work with a client for weight loss Surely they'll be able to help me with these specific things that I'd like to change. So it was, again, an all or nothing type scenario that he would either eat way too much and the insulin and the blood sugar numbers were through the roof, or he would not eat enough at all. And that's just as much of a challenge as it being too high in some circumstances. So he was coming to see me basically to build better compliance with the things that he would like to do. So there's a couple of side notes inside of this story. First of all, uh, there was a moment where specifically he requested aversion. And that's a strategy that many of us over the years perhaps have said, oh, you really shouldn't do that technique. Yet again, let's take a good look at our good friend, the hypnotic contract. If your client is coming in and saying, you know what, this is what I need to produce this change. That's what's going to help me. And if you don't hear that and you don't listen and you then follow suit, of course, you know, you can use other strategies inside of the process too. Yet so often, as I like to say lovingly, Sometimes you gotta listen to your client because they know what they need to create that change. So some of you are inside of some of my content, whether it's hypnotic workers or uh, learnvirtualgastricband.com. The table of aversion uh, strategy that I've often used over the years. It's a mechanism of basically changing mode submodalities. Phase one is to have them visualize uh, in the hypnotic experience. Here's a table. Uh, let me give you the description that a previous client gave me. I never use this language with my clients. She described it as the ultimate buffet of my older fatter self. So basically, you through descriptive language, you describe this table that has all the foods that used to be identified as part of the problem laid out there on that table. And In the experience of it, I'm going to count from five to one, and basically, you're going to describe visually what would happen, maybe throwing in some other senses where appropriate, especially smell, as they watch those foods drip and ooze and plop onto the floor, as before their very eyes, the foods have transformed into the very fat they become on the body. Yummy, enjoy your lunch. So that's the basic strategy. You run that sequence twice. And again, the all positive guy that I am, phase three is to then to do the inverse, the opposite, which begins with the table has been cleaned, the floor has been mopped, and the table now has all the foods and items that you know in your heart and mind are appropriate for your best of health. And rather than count from five to one, this time as I count from one to five, Feel that energy, feel that strength rising throughout you. And it's again, the classic moment of Papa eating his can of spinach, because here's how much more wonderful you're going to feel as you are now eating in a much better way. So it's the sequence of the five to one, these things get disgusting, we reset. Five to one, these things get disgusting, we reset. One to five, here are now the foods that you are drawn to. The reason I give you that little sort of Cliff's Notes version of that technique was that uh, William was a guy who got a little clever with his diabetes. Because again, remember, the blood sugar numbers being high is a serious issue. But then again, the numbers being low is also a serious issue. You've maybe seen this before. The diabetic can actually uh, buy these. uh, And again, I'm not diabetic and I don't claim to be an expert on it. And I may get some of the terminology here slightly incorrect but basically, they can buy these little glucose tablets. You know, think of like if you know the the airborne supplements, the plastic canister with the little fizzy things inside. These glucose tablets kind of look like that, but they're these little lozenges, as it were, that give that little bit of a sugar kick. Well, William figured out that he could buy those from a CVS and they're kind of pricey, or he can hit the Costco and he can get a giant bag of Werther's Originals. And sure enough... Two of those is about the same sugar content as the glucose tabs if his quantities were too low. I I give you this much of a setup because that's what part of our first session protocol was. Um, you know, my variation of the classic benefits approach, as you'd learn it from Roy Hunter, the meta pattern for change, as you'd learn it from either a Melissa Tears or a John Overdurf school of thought, basically, hypnotically connect them with the outcome, bring them along for the ride. I tend to brand it as straight line transformation. Session one kind of took that route along with this table of aversion strategy, of course, folding in an effective hypnotic induction, folding in some hypnotic phenomenon along the way linking it to the change so it's the second session and he's in front of me and uh he points his finger at me and he says i'll let you fill in the gaps of the profanity here you effer the candy tasted like a Brussels sprout so suddenly now the sweet tooth issue was completely gone he had been wonderfully compliant he had been to some social event where there was a ton of sweets and he even went so far as he put it I got to test this out. And he tried a couple of bites of a few things and just had lost the flavor for it. Uh, So again, remember that weight loss was not necessarily his goal, yet here he was in front of me for session number two, compliant with his strategies of what his doctor had recommended. And then on top of that, he had lost a couple of pounds. Booyah, high five. So he's doing fantastic. The process really continued from there again, I'd use his language, it was a standard weight loss protocol, yet weight loss wasn't the goal. So there really was never a need to go, you're standing in front of a mirror, loving how you look, imagine the health in your body, there was never a reason to go in that direction. Yet again, his benefits, his goals was he just felt so much better and life was easier as he didn't have to monitor the diabetes so much. The second session though took a little bit of an interesting, if not creative turn, which The benefit here, and I'd bring this up because as you're working with a weight loss client, it's really a process that writes itself. You know, ask them, what's the typical day going to be like? What are those things you'd like to be doing? And what he described for me, this is how we began our second appointment. And he basically described without using the terminology, he basically described that he wanted to eat basically following what's typically referred to as paleo, whether it's paleo lifestyle or a paleo diet. um, It's in my honest description of it as it tends to be how I eat. uh, It's food. You know, you're eating appropriate sources of protein. You're eating uh, a ton of vegetables and some fruits. uh, Maybe throwing in beans and nuts where appropriate. I don't get too crazy with the terminology of paleo. But basically where it became the creativity was part of his background and a creative style of approach and a direct suggestion format uh, was really what seemed the most appropriate and beneficial here. So as we got into it, I mean, keep this in mind. And this is why I also bring up this story. I never once did any, quote, emotional intervention with William as we work together. Uh, I was trained at one point in schools of thought that would say if you don't do regression with your client, uh, you're a wimp and you're not gonna get permanent change. Um, No. (laughs) We have the ability to compound suggestion. We have the ability to hypnotically get the foot in the door. And let's talk about, again, the power of hypnotic phenomenon. This is a major thing I teach inside of hypnotic workers. When you're making use of hypnotic phenomenon, that is an emotional reaction because you are breaking the reality of just how real the world used to be. So as you get that foot in the door, suddenly, Things are now different and they're not going to play out the way that they used to be. That's a big benefit of doing these testing convincers in your process. And he had a very creative way of speaking, speaking a lot of metaphors. So that gave me the cue. I can go in that direction. So it was kind of the the cleverness to let the hypnotic suggestion go the route of your body is giving you all the appropriate signals that eating in this style of uh, paleo is what your body is craving. These are the foods you can eat and you don't have to worry about the insulin levels. It's just business as usual. It's just that thing that takes occasionally some maintenance and letting life become easier now as you're eating in a way that the interesting thing is some people sit in that chair that you're in right now and their goal is to eliminate all these foods because they are working so hard because they've actively made the decision that they want to do this paleo lifestyle. But even better now, you're going to find it so easy because your body, your insulin levels, your blood sugar numbers are giving you all the appropriate signals that this is what's most appropriate for your body. And the beautiful thing is there is no secret at all to achieving this success. They'd often say in publishing, the best way to hide something is to publish it. And isn't it wonderful that the very foods that you now find yourself beginning to crave, they're not hidden at all. In fact, in most cases, in most grocery stores, these are the foods you have to walk past in order to reach the junk that now is no longer a part of your life. Isn't that interesting? The secret has been there in front of you this entire time. You used to have to walk past All these healthy vegetables, all these appropriate sources of lean, healthy protein in order to reach the aisles where these things are packaged in plastic and cardboard and cans in such a way that maybe you have to be a little concerned why it will last upwards of three years on that shelf. The secret to this now is that there is no secret. And the awareness now of how that grocery store is laid out. This guy would buy for himself. The awareness now of how that grocery store is laid out. Giving you every bit of an unconscious and conscious pat on the back. That this is the way you are going to live now. And somehow I launched into the exact patter I used with him. And I've been meaning to uh, transcribe that somewhere. So, uh, well, here you go. Session 112. So it's again a place of the creative mindset of using metaphors, using creative an approach of inside your process. It's that place of preparation meeting with opportunity. Uh, I would openly admit though, and chances are some of you have had this experience as well. Um, Oh, let's dip into some territorial, uh, some slightly controversial territories here where there'd often be the question of, is it ethical to work with weight loss? If you yourself are overweight, um, We can reframe something as much as we can be clever to do. I would agree with you on that. However, there were moments when I was heavier than I am now where the client, let's use the language, fat shamed me. Well, you're bigger than even I am. How can you help me? Then as I've now lost the weight, honestly, there has been the opposite where the client has fit shamed me to the point that I used to have half marathon medals hanging up in my office and uh, I've since moved them there no longer is visible, you know? So it's a place where to to be that experience where, what am I getting at here? Honestly, Um, I've got the data bank. I know what's worked. Now, if you're ever using metaphors with your clients and you're telling stories, let me give you a piece of caution. Do not, and this may be a personal thing, do not dip into the strategy of, oh, here's what I did. Oh, here's what I've done. It's a place where a little bit of creativity can serve some benefit. In my language, it becomes, it reminds me of a story of a person who is here in this office, which is dangerously clever because I'm in my office all the time and I'm really talking about myself. And here are the things that he shared that were so successful as he he made this change that you are here to create. And it's honestly a place where I might start to describe my eating patterns, my exercise patterns, my life hack strategies. Uh, By the way, the phrase in the back of my head recently has been, is it a life hack or were you just lazy? Yeah. Yeah. Session three, he came back smooth sailing. He's doing fantastic. I taught him some self-hypnosis strategies. We worked on some confidence things that he brought up and good to go. He has since referred a few people my way. So that's the story of William the diabetic and some of the uh, things that he accomplished inside of that. Jumping around some uh, other client sessions here. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, So this gentleman who I will refer to as Michael, because that's the first name that came into my mind. Michael was a guy who came in, and uh, by the way, take note, I've heard many male hypnotists refer to the fact that many of their clients are female. I see practically an even mix of both men and women. Um, though uh, for, for texture, I'll make sure the next client is a woman, though again, changes change has changed people. Um, though in this case, Michael was a guy who suddenly developed a bit of a fear of heights bit of a fear of heights and specifically this was posing to be a bit of a challenge as he was gearing up to make the trip of a lifetime riding his motorcycle from one coast to the other and the concern was what about the Appalachian Mountains what about as he gets out to Colorado and he's up in those areas and this is often a cycle of fear that you'll hear that we can have fears that uh You know, I'd put this in the category and not to make this a session about business because I want to make this all about working with clients and some of the stories that come from being a hypnotic worker and seeing people and really modeling their success and using that as a leverage point to become more effective with other clients. Uh, You'll often hear this pattern that the fear will start to creep its way into things that weren't an issue before. So, for example, years ago, here was a woman with a fear of driving on highways that she goes, yeah, but I've been starting to feel kind of cautious, even driving in my own neighborhood. And that was the trigger to go, yeah, I got to do something about this. And that's when she came in with Michael, there's always been a caution around heights, you know, and it's kind of that place where, as he put it, I know I would never do this. Yet the fear was, what if I hit a rock And suddenly I'm falling off the edge of this mountain. What if suddenly this crazy thought popped into my mind and I swerved the handlebars of my motorcycle and now I'm going several hundred feet to my death? I know I would never do this, but the thought is there and that's what's creeping me out. Well, in his case, just simply watching television, you know, people in a high rise building, suddenly he's getting some anxious tendencies and that was his trigger to go, Okay, ride's coming up this summer, time to do something about this. Now, he's a guy that, uh, and actually in the rare event, he's actually someone who enjoyed the hypnosis so much he's considering an upcoming class. Though, uh, oddly enough, I had three people at the same time with similar stories, so uh, Michael, not your name, if you're listening, take a guess if this one's you because this might eliminate the one I'm thinking of. I am not a person, and this is not a statement of belief or disbelief. Uh, though I would openly share, I was raised in a family where half the family was Jewish, the other half of the family was Southern Baptist. Um, and if a client asks, well, what are your religious beliefs? I tell them that, and somehow they go, oh, okay. Um, which I'm not really a religious person. I claim the the place of somewhere between an apathetic agnostic, which is summed up usually by two sounds. eh. Eh, of uh, We have no way of really knowing, yet there's a definite fascination to studying all things faith, religion, where it all comes from, and uh, a huge respect for it as opposed to, um, I'd say this respectfully, I'd say that there are some people who take atheism to a level that it might as well just be another religion. Um, so personal rant over, yet this is an experience, so it's why I also, let's fold into why I'm bringing this up. I am not a person who uh, you call me up as a client and say, I wanna do past life regression. And understand that's not a statement of belief or disbelief. Instead, it's a place of in any business, we are allowed to pick our niche. We are allowed to pick the things that we are passionate about. The way that there are some medical doctors who went to medical school and decided they really liked looking at feet. And that's why they became a podiatrist. And there are some people who, uh, went to school for hairdressing and decided they liked animals better and now they groom dogs and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's what they decided to do. And as a hypnotist, you have a right, I even argue you have a responsibility to work with things that you are passionate about. So my passion is personal transformation. This is the whole message, this is the whole overarching metaphor of how I work with my clients. It's not about the change. Change is easy. Uh, Catherine and I were having a conversation about this this morning. Getting the change is shockingly simple. Working to dehypnotize the idea that it has to be hard to produce the change, that, my friends, is where the work is done so it's where that's my passion i i am not interested and this is my inner dialogue i don't say this to my clients because it could be conceived as a negative thought perceived as a negative thought i am not interested in your problem i am passionate about your solution and the more our journey of working together is about minimalizing and completely dissociating out of that old problem state and instead associating into that outcome and taking you along for the ride Uh, As I'm recording this, I mean, this this is the keynote speech that I give. It's all about building that transformation. You can change your clothes, but you can change them back. But once the caterpillar transforms into the butterfly, it is a butterfly. And that's the end of that story. So that's my passion. I want to associate you into your desired outcome in such a way that the old model of the world no longer works for you. That's what hypnotic phenomenon helps you to do inside of the process. So I give you that much of a setup because the client who would call up and say, "Uh, I want to do past life regression because I'm curious as to what I may have been before. I, I, I give them a shorter version of what I just shared with you. And then from there, I refer them to someone else locally. I have the skills. I have gone through the trainings. And it's not even a message of belief or disbelief. It's just that's not my passion. That's not what gets me excited. That's not what gets me driving to the office looking forward to the day and driving home at the end of the day with as much energy as the day began. Not my passion. However, that whole setup is helpful because Michael's a guy that in our second appointment, I'm gearing up for the classic regression to cause informed child uh it's the it's the let's bring religion into it it's the death and resurrection story my real premise of hypnotic age regression is i care less and less about the purity of the ise and it's more and more about the catharsis of getting you to the place where you are now hypnotically delivering direct suggestion to yourself you got yourself into this problem you're the one to get yourself out of it. That's kind of the, the theme of how I handle hypnotic age regression. So as I count backwards five to one, follow that feeling to an earlier time, to an earlier experience now. And Michael brings me back to his perception of a past life. He is the Indian chief uh, riding the horse And it's the pride of taking care of his entire community, and yet the fear as he's getting older, not in terms of will he be remembered and what is important to what he's done, yet has he lived his life to the fullest to really build the legacy to empower his children and his community to be better as a result of knowing him. So it's a place where Charles Tebbets deal with what emerges. This is now model of the world. Um, After the religion talk a little while ago, this is now the gospel of working with Michael. So he got himself into this. He's going to get himself out. So allow yourself now to let that experience communicate with you today and let you know everything it is that you need to know now so that you're able to build this legacy in this lifetime he came to me for the change so i'm going to use whatever leverage point he gives me in this case it's the past life experience as he's riding the planes as the indian on the horse in that experience and getting out of it now the backstory is session number one to use the language of roy hunter as i'm a big fan of roy's work looking forward to seeing him next week at the hypno expo 2017 down in daytona beach Uh, It's the experience of session one positive trance trip. Session one was entirely positive suggestion. Um, And to credit, a little rant real quick. At one point, I was labeled a name dropper and it just really came about from the magic community that I used to be a member of. Uh, Let me reveal a magic trick now, which will anger some of the audience uh, and will get the others chuckling. Uh, If you somehow counted four cards in your hand in such a way that... Uh, You did not really show by sleight of hand, the third card and made the uh, fourth, the first card repeat twice. Um, And you did not credit a magician by the name of Alex Elmsley, even though every single magician in the world knows that that sleight of hand maneuver is called the Elmsley count. If you did not credit Mr. Elmsley, the late, great Alex Elmsley, uh, you were immediately ostracized as being uh, a plagiarist Uh, when the truth is everybody knows that's the Elmsley count but you still always have to give credit where it's due, And that's a pattern that I've carried with me inside of this hypnosis profession. So it's where I make it a point as I'm making a reference. I mean, here's a moment where the late Norman Posner, who I knew when I lived in Maryland, he lived in Maryland, used to do a workshop at the NGH convention all about anchoring. And it's an outstanding workshop, find the old recordings of it. And he'd talk about his statement was, this is not the only strategy that you do, yet it's an overriding theme of the process that you do to anchor everything in their environment to their success. And it took that one sentence that I heard Norman say, I think back in 2009, and that just changed so much of my hypnotic process that helped me to learn how to freestyle direct suggestion in such a way that I don't prepare for clients. I'm not writing scripts. Um, Norman's example was the sound of the engine reminds you you're safe and secure for the person with a fear of flying. And I do a ton of work with teenage and even younger gymnasts. And this is something that I do constantly with athletes. I see so many gymnasts nowadays in my local market that I am anchoring the entire experience back to the confidence that they're now going to feel. Basically, you're going to use every bit of their sensory awareness to create that change. The feeling of the mat on your feet as you step onto that, the feeling of the stretch reminding and instilling this confidence flowing throughout you. You've been in that gym so many times, whether it's a practice meet, whether it's an actual competition, yet to tell you right now in the privacy of your own thoughts, this would sound weird to anybody else in the world but you know what that gym smells like. As I've become the uh, the, the power, somewhere between, I think the terminology, I, I'm in a category of exercise that I've realized doesn't have a name. Uh, I wanted to find a community. I'm not a CrossFitter, I'm not a power lifter, I'm really not a bodybuilder, um, though there's this weird community called Power Building where it's this mixture between strength training and uh, hypertrophy style uh, muscle building. And I guess I fit in that community. And uh, as I'm here in Las Vegas, as I'm gonna be in Florida next week for the IMDHA convention, um, I I keep up my morning ritual as I use the word, that word will come into play in the next example, my morning ritual of going a couple of times a week and lifting weights. And oddly enough, there was a review of a local gym here in Las Vegas that I went to this morning that was a negative review, but the negative review was why I went there. It smells like an old musty gym. They need to clean this place up. And as soon as I read that, I went, that's where I'm going. And sure enough, it delivered just that classic place as opposed to everything being a pristine big box style gym not my scene. So session one with Michael, the reason I bring up that theme of the anchoring mechanism that I learned from the uh, late great Norman Posner uh, was I was anchoring everything imaginable to the desired states of mind he wanted to achieve. Uh, The vibration, the feeling of the bike beneath him, the grip of the handlebars, the feeling of the wind against his body. Now, take note, this is a place where you want to be careful with artfully vague language because it's a place where the moment you say something that is not a full sensory hit, you're emerging them from the experience of the hypnotic visualization and association into that outcome. I'll give you an example. I took an excellent course um, mindscaping with Mike Mandel, uh, and Chris Thompson out in, uh, Vegas at hypno uh, last year. And there was a moment of doing an exercise with somebody. And this is an example where I, po- I politely make fun of this. Um, but we both to our credit and discredit, uh, did some things that jarred the other out of the experience. So the prompt was to do a moment of, if I remember it right. Uh, and I'm trying to get Chris Thompson's schedule to work with me to get him on the podcast so we can uh, business jam sessions coming soon your way. So it's, it's the experience where we were supposed to describe something that we found relaxing and uh, to do a brief induction and then to guide the person through the hypnotic experience of being a part of that and for me i said the style of weightlifting that i do and for the guy that i worked with he said driving his tesla up the i don't know the highways in california i think it's the 405 whatever the major highway is that goes up the coast in california east coast represent so uh (laughs) by the way my uh senior quote my high school year and my yearbook everyone else had bible quotes or dave matthews band mine was coolio Ain't no party like a West Coast party because the West Coast party don't stop. Exactly. So um, we both had some jarring moments in this visualization exercise because he was describing the feeling of your muscles as you're reaching that point of near failure, which is a real mechanism of strength training. And he must have clearly done that before because he nailed that description. Now what he said next, and the feeling as you're out of breath and Feeling the sweat dripping down your forehead. Well, the style of strength training that I do is a heavy set and a long rest period. And honestly, there's some days where I, I shower and then I go to the gym uh, because I'm leaving clean. Other than you know making sure I wash my hands because those places are disgusting. Um, meanwhile, so he's describing the sweatiness, and that's not my you know I'm not the CrossFitter who's doing this workout of the day, the wad for time. No, it's not that category. Uh, now, meanwhile, there's a moment where I jarred him out of his experience because he's driving his Tesla up the highway in California, and the feeling of the, of the steering wheel in your hands as a conscious reminder that the control that you have in your own life is where I went, and I saw him going into that, and the feeling of uh, the sights and sounds around you and the sounds the car makes. Now, this kind of irked him out. Now... He goes, Oh, it's a Tesla. It's silent. To which I called BS because even if you have an electric car, there's going to be some street noise as you're driving 75 miles an hour. Honestly, the first draft of this podcast session, I had to scrap because I got clever. I brought along my headset microphone and I recorded the first draft of this uh, while I was driving three in the morning to go to a high school after prom party. Um, and even though I've got a I've got a gas engine, uh, the street noise of driving 70 miles an hour at three in the morning, you could barely hear me. So I had to scrap it. So I give you these themes. I give you these stories because that was the first session with Michael, the motorcycle driver. Again, the feeling of the motorcycle. And again, making sure that I have honestly, um, I've driven a Vespa, uh, yet riding a motorcycle is not something in my wheelhouse. To use a horrible reference and odd uh, pun. So I'm sticking within the realm of what absolutely has to be there. What is sensory verifiable? The way that, again, I could say your shoes are comfortable, but they might not be. But I can say you could become aware of the feeling of the shoes on your feet. Or my favorite example, my voice is pleasing to you. Maybe. Maybe. If you've listened to the previous 111 sessions and you're one of the other 85,000 people who has downloaded this program as of today, um, I have to assume you're okay with my voice, but you can definitely become aware of the sound of my voice. Uh Uh-huh. That's an absolute hit. So I'm sticking within that realm. That got a lot of the confidence in the door. He reported about a 70% uh, reduction in his fears and anxieties. But session number two is when we went for the regression and then he brought me to, um, That past life experience, which again, what do I really care about? I got him to the place where he talked himself out of it. My client was hypnotically doing direct suggestion hypnosis on himself. He, uh, in that moment, was clearing up issues that even he didn't come to see me to address because he was worried about had he raised his children right. And he gave himself some wonderful, kind words about that, which even as clever as I think I am and as clever as you may think I am, I would have never known to have said that stuff to him. And again, resolving issues that even he didn't know he had to resolve. Uh, Session three, uh, he's in front of me and um, there were some minor things of cleanup and a direct suggestion approach really resolved that. Uh, A little bit of confidence building and a little strategy that I do called the success trigger. It's a mechanism of positive regressions, stacking anchors, integration, pacing it forward, Um, If you're listening uh, to this, uh, the week it launches, I think we're actually doing a flash sale of that strategy. Uh, Either way, it is inside of Hypnotic Workers. Head over to hypnoticworkers.com to learn more about that. So again, so far we've addressed eating behaviors. We've addressed uh, working with fears of heights. And uh, let's pull one more out uh, to talk through some, uh, let's talk through someone else here. Uh, Let's see. Oh, here's something. Uh, As I'm looking for one more story to tell, because I want to do a different one that I had previously recorded. Um, There's a mechanism, as I do my business, I start with a plan of either three or four sessions. And uh, the phrasing is, we start with a plan of three sessions and if that's all we need, fantastic. However, if there's value in adding additional work, of course, that's an option. My goal is always to give you the most effective process and the most efficient use of your time. So with that language, I am not guaranteeing we're gonna be done in three sessions. I've set the expectation of a process, and very often we're done and taken care of in the matter of three sessions, though if we end up having to book more sessions, it's completely appropriate to do that because I never once said we're gonna be done in three. However, there is occasionally the moment where life happens and the client whose name i fell upon was someone that the mother suddenly passed away after our first appointment i'm now looking back to january earlier this year to to look for a good juicy story to to wrap this up today but in her case i got an email from her about two weeks ago which was the this really isn't work for me working for me and i'm getting discouraged to which i honestly had to respond our first appointment was the second week of january And you have now since rescheduled four times uh, since then, and it's now the second week of May. Um, If you've ever been inside of a Gold's Gym franchise, they have a sticker on the door when you walk in that says, showing up is half the battle. Uh, Respectfully, you're not yet prepared to say it's not working because you haven't actually gone through this experience. I'm sorry to hear what you're going through. When you're ready to reschedule, I look forward to hearing from you. And there's been some email back and forth in terms of scheduling and challenges. You hate to to draw the same association over and over. Um, But if I'm seeing a teenage gymnast, she has a fear of flipping backwards on a high beam and it's something she used to do before and suddenly now there's a fear and it's posing a challenge. Without fail, that's the story. If you are seeing me for weight loss and you're a woman, and you're a real estate agent. Again, you hate to draw the same associations over and over, yet you are such the workaholic that you are starving yourself throughout the day, and then when you get home at night, 10 o'clock in the evening, you are binge eating anything and everything you possibly can get your hands on, and... Um, you're you know it's not the fact that you're going into starvation mode Uh, as a person who uh, has been doing intermittent fasting a uh, eight-hour eating window for most of the last two years the starvation uh, phenomenon is really not necessarily the case in that pattern of living it's more so that she's eating about 2,000 calories more than she ought to be having you know it's not the window and the fact that she's eating late it's the fact that she just knocked out four pop tarts and those bastards at the pop tarts company put two in a package and the serving size is one yeah i hope they're listening to this they probably aren't someone send this to the pop tarts people so you know and that what is it about 200 calories of pop tart she's knocking back that 800 calories in three minutes time and then continuing to eat and then everything else so it's not the window that's the issue people it's the quantity you hate to draw the same association Um, But you start to find some trends and you always want to go in and the language is to be the expert detective. Uh, My internal dialogue is I want to play dumb and not make associations, not make assumptions. Yet again, you start to become aware of trends. You're seeing me for weight loss. You're seeing me to stop smoking and your wife is pregnant. Yeah, you've probably heard me tell that story before, which is the, yeah, I know where we got to go with this one. So again, the place where the client's going, this isn't working, but having to have the moment of going, you got to show up, you know, we actually got to get into this thing to make it happen. So that now brings us to Karen. Karen is just the rock star weight loss client who came in. And Karen, uh, the interesting thing with her was that as we got into the process it began with a little bit of uh, some, let's call it sleight of mouth, let's call it uh, verbal Aikido, where she came in and the language was, nothing has ever worked for me. And the story goes, I'm at a local gym. It's called Fitness Together's name of the franchise. It's a boutique style personal training facility where you are there by yourself with the trainer doing the full workout, uh, just the two of you there. So it's not like where I was this morning, which. Uh, Las Vegas Athletic Club was a bit of a, a, a bit of a meat house, as it were. Uh, meat market is the phrase. And just the place was packed and really busy. And I had to wait for some uh, free weights that I wanted to use. Uh, as opposed to this place, it's just one-to-one. I'm there with uh, a guy who I used to know who owned one of the ones in the area where I live in Virginia. And we're talking about success rates. And he goes, you know what I love about what I do as a personal trainer? He goes, all this stuff works. You just have to use it. My clients just have to show up and be compliant with the nutrition plan that I give them and then do the exercises I give them and then they get results. And if they don't get results, it's because they're not doing the things that I tell them to do. And that really honestly is my opinion of how hypnosis works. Um, We're giving the hypnotic instruction and it's a tool. You can't go to Home Depot, buy a hammer and try to return it and say, this one doesn't work. I need a new one. A tool is only as good as you put it into use. And that's how I envision hypnosis. There is no such thing as the hypnosis worked or it didn't work. It's a tool. and It's only as good as you put it into use. And you as the practitioner are also teaching your client how to make use of it in their own life. Well, with Karen, we had to address the nothing ever works for me where I did Weight Watchers and that didn't work well, let me ask you this. What was uh, your sort of pattern with that throughout the day? Well, I'd bring along the foods that I had been told to prep and I never ate them. I would end up going through the drive-through. Okay. So you weren't really doing the program? Huh? There was so much power behind that little sound effect. Oh, huh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's the moment where, um, Clients will come in with their own conscious rationalization of their problem. Here's a woman, this is dating back a year ago, and the reason why she's having the hardest time to stop smoking is because of this admittedly hideous breakup that she just went through. And the story as she comes in was, oh, the ex-boyfriend this, the ex-boyfriend that. And it took one pointed question. If I had not have done this, we would have been down the rabbit hole, down the wild goose chase and many other metaphors I can throw into this of exploring the relationship issue to solve that in order to help her quit smoking however one pointed question set that off to the side and allowed us to zero in just in the stop smoking okay but let me ask you this just out of curiosity um you were still smoking a pack and a half a day even before you met this guy right yes huh okay so what's it going to be at end of the story changes so what's it going to be like is this is no longer a part of your life and you just see the gears turning it's the uh in sleight of mouth i believe to quote it right it's the another outcome pattern you know it's the other outcome that could possibly be there there's another reason or perhaps model of the world again the benefits of sleight of mouth is that some of the categories could overlap but it's a place where if i had not taken that place of the conscious rationalization And gone, well, maybe, but maybe not. Because it might have been the ISE. It might have been the initial sensitizing experience, but it might not have been. So here's Karen. No exercise program has ever worked for me. Oh, great. Well, how many times a week were you going? Well, I just get so busy and I wouldn't go. So it's not that the exercise program wasn't working, it's just that she had committed to something that she perhaps didn't want to do. This is a big theme, by the way. I think that's valid as you're working with weight loss clients. Again, all this stuff works. You just have to find the things they're willing to do is often what it comes down to. Um, I, I, I don't bash the competition. A person could buy all their meals from Nutrisystem and lose weight. And to give Nutrisystem some credit, uh, to look at their actual packaged program, it, it's teaching people how to prep their vegetables. It's teaching people how to mix in other ingredients and it's teaching them to transition off of Nutrisystem. Beautiful. Uh, Weight Watchers is to really oversimplify it. It's counting calories with easier math. Uh, I love the video game aspect of my own health. So I'm in MyFitnessPal uh, every single day. I use an app called Jeffit, uh, to or Jeffit. I've never found out how it's actually pronounced. Uh, but I use that to track my weightlifting to see that I'm progressing over time. I love the fact that uh, it's a video game for me. You know, it's the uh, it's, who was it? Uh, there's a website called Nerd Fitness, and I think the uh, the founder of that website has a book out there called Level Up, and it's all about how in video games you want to beat the next level, beat the next level. So I'm passionate about strength training these days. And I mean, I don't play video games. I don't follow uh, sports. You know, that's, that's the video game for me. That's the human guinea pig uh, project as it is. So she had committed to doing this exercise program that really she just downright didn't want to do. And I could have gone the route of going, well, how do we make her like that? Uh, but instead, well, what would you rather be doing? You know, I'd be happy just getting out and walking, or I watch a lot of television and I've got a treadmill in my basement. If I would just get on the treadmill and track it in terms of an episode of this show, rather than thinking I have to exercise for 30 minutes, that'd be a lot easier. Well, that reminds me of a story of a guy who was in this office before. And when I'm in a cutting phase, looking to maintain muscle and lose body fat, uh, that's my strategy. So beautiful timing. She described exactly what I do. I get on a treadmill and I walk, and I don't know if I'm walking for 20 or 30 minutes uh, before the Viacom deal went to garbage. Uh, I would walk for an episode of The Daily Show. (laughs) I would walk for, what is it on Netflix that I became obsessed with? BoJack Horseman. Uh, It's an animated show. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, I would walk for a third of a movie, And uh, as I got back into a uh, running phase briefly, I ran my way through Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Just watch the first one, the other two you can skip. So I was tracking, she described exactly what I was an expert in. So I was able to hypnotically, metaphorically tell a story of a guy who has been in this office and found a lot of great success with such a strategy. And here's what he discovered, and here are the things that he found along the way and how he began to look forward to getting on that treadmill because it meant he got to find out, did they really get away with ripping off that casino? And yes, I was talking about myself, yet it doesn't smack as giving advice by doing it in that format. That's the takeaway from that little lesson. So it became the place of well-defined outcomes, getting to smart goals, whatever school of thought you wanna use, And that was a little bit of uh, verbal Aikido, a little bit of sleight of mouth, a little bit of conversational influence that had to occur. It's not that those things have not worked. It's that you haven't uh, made them work. So what's going to happen now as you make this work? And it's a place where I tell the story of Martha. Martha was a previous client of mine. Some other people have had this story before, but then it's fun when you're, using other hypnosis trainers stories as teaching lessons and if you're doing that again be the name dropper give reference to where credit is due and i forget where i first heard the story but then finally martha had it happen in my office and now it's my story dag nabbit uh, martha came to see me because she wanted to quit drinking diet coke she was a multi-level marketing uh, specialist and uh she felt like a hypocrite because she would look at people's skincare products and tell them, hey, that's not good for you. That has this chemical. That has that chemical. Look, you're still going to buy skin lotion, but just change your brand. Buy it from me rather than Target, and here are the benefits. And the Arbon line is fantastic. I have changed the name of the client and I have changed the MLM service, though. Honestly, Arbonne is really fantastic. We use their suntan lotion. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't sell it. So (laughs) she wanted to quit drinking Diet Coke, not for any health reasons, but because she felt like a hypocrite because she would go home after talking about chemicals to drink her Diet Coke. So, um, and as I crack the joke, whenever I have the occasional Diet Coke, yeah, my doctor says I need more aspartame in my system. I know I've made that joke before. Kate, my editor has made fun of me for that one. Kate, that one was for you. So she goes, I'm at my sister's house and I drank a Diet Coke like two years later. And I got to tell you, it tasted like battery acid. The hypnosis stopped working. I got to come back to you. I'm like, you continue to drink the Diet Coke and it tasted like battery acid. Yet you still drank it. I think, Martha, the hypnosis is still working. You're not working. I think the original version of that story I heard was from William Mitchell out of Illinois. Uh, But then again, Martha and the Diet Coke, my story now. Haha. Ha. So, anyway, so, and I tell that story sometimes to a client to iterate the point that it's not that the hypnosis works or doesn't work, it's what you do to make it work. So, that was the first phase of changing the language. And the beautifully simple way that I often would do that is I go, I want you to say that again, but this time put one extra word at the end of it. Put the word yet at the end of the sentence. No diet program has ever worked for me, yet. And suddenly now the foot's in the door. No exercise uh, ritual has ever worked for me, yet. And that word ritual, so shifting the expectation by adding the word yet, because that sets the expectation that now it will. Ritual. Ritual has been a theme inside of sessions of mine um, Probably over the last year, just as like an overriding theme. And it's something that I am, I am fascinated with uh, because again, as soon as I label things that I do now uh, consistently as being rituals, I don't miss them. I don't skip them. I don't miss the ritual of making sure I'm eating in a healthy way. I don't miss the ritual of making sure unless I'm on travel, unless it's a different schedule with a class. I don't miss the ritual of being there with my family for dinner time, bath time, bedtime, and reading books with the kids. Uh, I don't miss the ritual of being there in the morning. So we, we put things, there are people who without fail are always there Sunday morning at church because that's the ritual of what they do. There are people who uh, watch their stories, their soap operas, their television programs, and uh, as June is almost around the corner, well, June is coming, but really winter is coming because Game of Thrones is about to be back on the air, and people have the ritual of that's a program that has people stopping what they're doing to watch it as it airs. Uh, It's amazing that um, the wonders of streaming services, this should give you a cue of modern technologies. Uh, Very often, you know, watching something on streaming, you've got to wait the next day. Sometimes, you know, it's, it airs live. Uh, We watch the comedy TV show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and, you know, we'll hear that it's airing, but my wife and I cut the cord on cable years ago, and now we just stream, but it's the next day that it's going to be on Hulu. No, HBO has made it a point that Game of Thrones will stream the moment it is airing for the first time on HBO. And I think that's the only program that they do that with. I could be wrong. I think we watched Silicon Valley, um, and I think that was available uh, at some point. We, with a four-year-old and a six-year-old, it comes down to, are they really in bed? Are they really in bed? Okay, now let's watch it. So we have rituals. So to take the things that a client wishes to do and start to reframe them as rituals. And this was the biggest foot in the door for Karen. of uh, Rather than exercise and eating right becoming something she absolutely had to do, these were things she got to do. These were things she was now looking forward to. Now, this is a client who on the phone, emotional eating, a lot of stress eating, yet the foot was so firmly in the door by reframing everything as ritual that I mean, session number two, I have been doing so great. I am down about five pounds on the scale. My clothes are fitting more loosely. And honestly, that's my trigger to go. This is working, keep it up. So if you're the person who has been trained to say that you always have to do hypnotic age regression, otherwise you're not really doing the work. No, when you are getting the change, keep up what's working is my is my test and she's now several months later i first saw her in uh, late november early december uh, and and again we stuck within that direct suggestion imagery thing now take note i will do regression to positive events i will do a parts therapy variation that i call uh, kinesthetic squash Uh, which is inside of workers. And again, if you're listening to this the week that it launches, we're doing a bit of a flash sale with Success Trigger and Squash, the way that I do it. And it's a more positive approach as opposed to what's wrong and how the heck are we going to fix this? And these are really at their core moments of hypnotic phenomenon uh, to guide the client through the process. And in many ways, again, the journey of the change to get her to the place where session number three, she's in front of me And she goes, you know, what's amazing, I just haven't been thinking about it. I haven't been obsessing about food. In the morning as I'm making my breakfast, I am putting together a nice healthy lunch and it's done and taken care of. And I've since used this next bit of uh, suggestion on subsequent clients. She goes, without fail, I am 100% compliant with my health. If by the time I leave my home in the morning for work, I already know what I'm going to have for dinner. The day was taken care of, and honestly, I the phrase is I steal from my clients all the time. And as soon as I heard that, I went, "Oh, that's a good idea." As she talked about, yeah, I'd be going out to a restaurant and I'd be looking at their menu, you know, not to play the game of calories or something, but to play the game of I'm going to look forward to having that. Now, this is something I've done even when I was heavier weight than I am now. Uh, the strategy of going, I'm going to be dining out um, later this evening. And, uh, you know, call it the old standard, uh, weights and measures, the balancing of the scale. I'll make sure I eat lighter, you know, throughout the day, knowing that the dinner time is going to be a much heavier meal. So, um, I did that today as here I am out in Las Vegas and I'm in Catherine's kitchen. I'm going, Hey, you have that can of uh, chicken breast. Uh, do you have an extra one of those? Yeah, I'll just have that. And I had that and made a sandwich out of it something light high protein yeah gains so it's that place of the client going if i knew what i was already going to do before i left the house and that's the theme that has dripped its way into subsequent appointments with other clients but again the place of this is the real value of hypnosis it's about associating them in to that new reality it's associating them into that new normal if your hypnotic process is all about teaching them techniques that they have to do over and over. I won't say the letters, but there's a popular form of therapy that always begins when you feel bad, do this. When you have that negative thought, do that. That is building the assumption they're still going to have the problem. In hypnosis, we're supposed to associate them men to their new reality. This has been session number 112, Real Client Stories. Hope you've picked up some strategies you can make use of inside of this. Let me know what you start to fold into your process and uh, look forward to seeing you inside of our communities as well. Hypnoticworkers.com. I'm Jason Lynette. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey, it's Jason here once again. And as always, once again, thank you so much for your interaction with this program, whether it's your reviews over on iTunes, your comments over on the worksmarthypnosis.com website, your feedback on Facebook, the fact that you keep downloading this thing. Uh, We're getting about a thousand unique downloads for every new podcast session these days, the week that it launches. And those numbers are outstanding. Uh, I'd encourage you as well to step inside Uh, the private community. Head over to specifically hypnoticworkers.com. This is the entire digital access to my hypnotherapeutic training library. Inductions, deepening methods, and techniques for change you will not find anywhere else Plus, just like the experience today, real client sessions are there inside of hypnotic workers from start to finish, walking in the door, walking out the door. Yes, there's classroom demonstrations and clips from my live trainings, but real client sessions are in there as well. You can jump in. This is a training that when I do live trainings, they're typically about $2,000 for a bunch of days in a row, and you gotta travel, you gotta handle your meals and everything, but you're able to jump into Hypnotic workers for just $47. So head over there, learn more about that recurring membership program, hypnoticworkers.com. See on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast and worksmarthypnosis.com.